You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. And welcome back to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are listening to this on audio, feel free to check out the YouTube link where there will be a video available. And if you're listening to this on video, well, hey, stick around on the video because why would you switch to the audio? Um, Unless you're driving, of course, you shouldn't be watching it in the car. It's not safe. Okay, Vayichi means life. What a beautiful word, right? But look at the end of the Parsha, the very last word of the Parsha, in fact, which is the very last word of Sefer, the book of Genesis, the book of Bereshis, is Bimitzrayim. And if you, the, if you put the first word, Vayechi, and the last word, Bimitzrayim, and you put the two together, it's Vayechi Bimitzrayim. And he lived in Egypt. Mitzrayim, Egypt, is the quintessential it's the Shoresh of all exiles. It's the root of all of Gullus. Mitzrayim represents exile. Yet, the sentiment, the message, the lesson for us, for all of us, Vayechi b'Mitzrayim. You can live in Mitzrayim. Will it be hard? Yeah. Will it be difficult? Of course. Will it be hard and difficult? Bivadai. Certainly. But it's possible to live. It's possible to have chiyas. It's possible to live and thrive, not just survive, but thrive even in Mitzrayim, even in Galus, even during exile. It's an opportunity for us if we are the ones who Hashem chose to place at the end near the arrival of the Mashiach, then we have what it takes and now we have to take what we have. You know, speaking about the end, which Vayechi is the end of Bereshis, we see another end. Bikesh Yaakov, Legalos Kates, Yaakov Avinu wished to reveal the Kates, the ultimate end, the end of days when the Mashiach will arrive, when all of Gullus will come to an end, when Mashiach will come. Hey, Asfu Lachem, come gather around and I'll tell you what's going to be at the end of days. You know, we often focus on the fact that he wished to, he was about to reveal to them and then Hashem took that thought away. But notice what it says. I just quoted it. He said, Heyasvu. He made sure to gather the people first. And perhaps the Torah, by using that word Heyasvu, is actually teaching us something about heralding, about bringing the Mashiach one step closer. And that is a prerequisite, a requirement to be able to, to reveal the true end. You're right, Yaakov Inu ended up talking about Dvarim Achirim, other things, Hashem took that thought away. But we see the prerequisite, a requirement to herald in and bring the Mashiach is Hayasvu, is to be gathered together. Nation, the Jewish nation coming together, brother and sisters, together in a state of unity, in a united state, in a in a in a state where we're passionate for one 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 another, where we're there for one another, Baruch Hashem, in today's generation, 
The Jewish people have an amazing amount of organizations helping each other for all different types of needs and necessities. And we have to continue in this realm of Hayasfu, being there for one another, sticking up for each other, and not backing down. It's not a coincidence, it's this parsha of Ayachi, which we always say, Chazak, Chazak, Venes Chazek. You know, it's funny, we don't say those words, right? Chazak, Chazak, Chazak. We don't say it that many times. We say it three times. Chazak, chazak, chazek. Be strong, be strong, be strengthened. Something we say at the end of each of the books. You know, it's specifically at the end. A lot of times it's at the end. Sometimes we feel complacent. We just finish something. We need a certain level of chizuk right then and there. Don't stop. A yid never stops. But it's important, you know, if you noticed in shul, on Shabbos, during Parshas Vayechi, or the last Parsha of any set of, of any um, of any group of of Parshas, it's said as a tzibur. It's said in unison together. The whole klal says it. Chazak, chazak, chazak. You don't just mutter under your breath and say it like you're davening Shmonesra. You say it out loud along with everybody because, in truth, we're there. We're doing it. it's a message for each other, for one another. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazek. I'm going to give chizuk to you, and I need you to give chizuk to me. And let's give chizuk to that person. And let's let each other give chizuk to that group over there. And let this shul give chizuk to that shul. And we should all be role models for each other. And take lessons from one another. It's an important message. Heasvu v'agid alachem, a prerequisite, a requirement for the Mashiach is heasvu, is to gather together. You know, we saw it this past week in the country, really the world, world, wor- the world over, um, with the story, the incident with Damar Hamlin. Um, you know, it's I'm sure by now you've heard of the story, the safety for the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. It was at 8:55 p.m. He made a routine, what seemed like a routine tackle against the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and he got up adjusted his helmet, looked like everything was normal, and then he just collapsed backwards. And doctors, even now, are grappling to figure out what exactly happened. He's currently in the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, sedated in the ICU. But it was very interesting, you know, I believe it was during the first quarter, and the game just stopped. Usually in the NFL, when a player gets injured, you know, they either he trots off the field by himself with one of his buddies, one of his teammates, one of the medical staff personnel. Sometimes they even get carted off on a cart because that's how a person will get carted off. But the, the game continues. The coaches, the players, nail-biting, fighting fans, you know, fighting eagerly, victorious, looking for a victory for their team win. But this was something different this past Monday night on January 2nd. The whole game stopped, and the whole country, you know, Lahavdil stopped, and the game was postponed. It has not, you know, up to this recording, has not even been decided yet when they are going to play the game, and it's a mind-boggling thing. You know, Monday Night Football, millions of people watched that game. Tens and tens of thousands of people, fans, paid money, a lot of money, to go watch that game in Cincinnati. The coaches... The players, everybody is there. But they decided we're not going to play the game. 
because it was unanimous that there's something bigger than football, life. Life is bigger than football. And it was, you know, it was a heart-wrenching scene to see players, coaches, teammates, fans from opposing teams there, Hayasvu, gathered together in support, Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazek, in support of each other, of one another. And, you know, this story, first of all, is a lesson in that, it's a lesson in unity, the importance of unity, the idea that life is bigger than football. Um, but it's, there's, a, there's a couple lessons that I'd like to share with you that I took from this story. Um, and if you're listening to this after Thursday, January 5th, I, I advise you please check out the article. Um, I wrote an article for Aish, for Aish.com. Um, and it was three lessons that I learned from this story. Number one, how life is bigger than football. And how we explain, usually somebody will get you know, injured in a game, but the game just continues. But this case was a little bit different. And the people realized the, the value, the severity of the situation. And life is bigger than football. But not only is life bigger than football, this is just a lesson. Life is bigger than everything and anything else on this world. And we sometimes get so caught up in the here and the now and the nitty and the gritty and the small and the trivial, and we forget about the bigger picture. We sometimes lose ourselves in those petty arguments. For what? Because dinner wasn't ready exactly at the time that you got home? But life is bigger. Life is bigger than the petty arguments. Life is bigger than your job. There's so much more to life than the things that you sometimes involve, that the, the things that sometimes we evolve our, involve ourselves in. And it's important to take a step back and realize life is not just bigger than football. Life is bigger than everything. Life is the biggest thing. Another lesson, you got to show some love when alive. You know, in an interview with NFL Network, a reporter asked Hamlin's uncle, Dorian Glenn, about how he and his family are dealing with this situation. And Uncle Glenn replied, you may have seen this, but it was one of the most powerful words. He said, it's tremendous to see all the love and support that my nephew has out here. A lot, listen to this, a lot of people don't get a chance to see how loved they are while they are alive. So for him to have a situation where he could have been taken away and he has a chance to now come back and see all that love that he got is a truly amazing thing. And I can't wait for him to see all the love and support that people have had for him, not just around the area, but around the country and the world. It's been amazing. How incredibly true and scary are those words. A lot of people don't get a chance to see how loved they are while they are alive. So often in life, we wait until a loved one is perhaps no longer with us to tell them how much we love them, how much we respect them, how much we admire them. But let's not wait. Life is too precious. If you love somebody, if you love something about somebody, if you respect somebody, or you respect something about somebody, if you admire somebody or something that that person does, tell them, express that to them, show them. Don't wait until they are no longer available. 
What a powerful message. And lastly, the third message, to make the ordinary extraordinary. You know, the most shocking part of the DeMar Hamlin story is that the injuries seemingly came from nowhere. There was no dangerous tackle. There was no dangerous head-to-head collision. In fact, this was a routine play. You know, tackles like this happen tens of times during a game, hundreds of times during a week, thousands of times during a season. But this was a rarity. You know, in fact, doctors around the world are grappling to try and understand exactly what happened. The leading theory is that the cardiac arrest which Hamlin suffered was as, was a result of a rare case of, I don't even know how to pronounce it, commodio cortis, a condition where the heart stops beating due to a blunt force to a specific part of the heart during a specific time in between beats of the heart's cycle. My brother-in-law sent me a stat about 30 to 40 people suffer from this, primarily younger athletes, a year in the United States. That's, a, that's rare. 30 to 40, I mean, th- there's millions of people who play sports. So 30 or 40, that's a, a couple hands full. But there's a powerful message over here. And that is, depending on the meanings that we apply to every situation and encounter in our lives, we have the opportunity and potential to turn the seemingly ordinary, routine, and mundane situations into meaningful, extraordinary situations. You see, extraordinary moments do not need to be rarities. Rather, if our eyes are open enough, we can see the ordinary as extraordinary. You know, in this situation, in the Hamlin story, it was tragic. You know, he's still alive, but it was scary. It was unfortunate. The ordinary turning into the extraordinary was unfortunate. But we have to do the flip side. We have to take our ordinary lives, our routine lives, our mundane lives, and find the spark of growth, the spark of spirituality, the spark of meaning in those moments of ordinary and make them extraordinary and live our lives on a higher plane. And the more conscious we are about that, the more of a growing person, the more growing of a people we will be and we will become. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. If you enjoy this content, please First of all, subscribe. I don't know. This is the first time I'm doing this. Please forgive me. I don't know if the button's there or if the button's there. Or maybe, you know what I mean. Please subscribe. Leave a thumbs up. If you're on the podcast, please leave a review. It can go a long way. Again, I implore you, please check out the article on aish.com if you're listening to this after Thursday. And with that, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, my friends.